Hi, and welcome to this installment of our Visionary Series, where we profile the people behind the future of farming. You can join the discussion on this topic and more at our Vision Conference. See the full agenda and speaker lineup at thevisionconference.com. Hello, and welcome to this installment of our Visionary Series, where we highlight the people behind the future of farming. I'm David Ferbata, editor with PrecisionAg.com, the leading voice of precision farming and organizers of the Vision Conference. Our program is divided into past, present, and future. Our guest today is John Raines, Chief Commercial Officer for Climate Corporation, where he leads sales, marketing, customer service, and support for the Climate FieldView platform. John came up through the Monsanto side of the business where he was most recently U.S. Customer Advocacy Lead and has also been Country Manager for Australia, New Zealand, and Philippines, among other roles stemming back to the introduction of GMOs in the 1990s. John, thank you very much for taking the time to be here. David, it's uh, great to be with you this afternoon. So you, uh, you grew up in agriculture. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you did when uh, growing up with the family business and uh, when you decided you wanted to make agriculture your profession? Well, I grew up uh, in, in what is affectionately to me, a lot of people uh, get this uh, incorrect. I grew up in what they call the boot heel of Missouri, which is like the heel of your shoe. A lot of people think it's the hill. Uh, I grew up in a little small town called Seneth, and Seneth uh, is a wonderful farming community right in the southwest corner of the boot heel of Missouri, the part that looks like it all be in Arkansas. And my family, um, my mother and father and my grandparents were in the fuel business there where we sold uh, gas and diesel and oil products and had a service station in town for more than 60 years. So I grew up uh, in a, uh, you know, just a daily routine of uh, going, uh, you know, and being around farmers. Uh, you know, it was a real small community and, a, and, a, and by the way, that made it a really special place. Uh, so, you know, my friends, uh, many of them, grew up on a farm and uh and i got a chance to spend a lot of time on the farm uh, when i was you know when my grandfather was uh, younger he farmed there in the area and then uh, i left there and went to school at the university of missouri i got a degree in agriculture and married a, a gal from northeast missouri whose family is still actively farming and in fact uh, my wife and i are, are actively involved with them in their farm operation uh, so that's a little bit about the flavor of kind of where i came from and a little bit of my uh, journey yeah, so farming is still is certainly part of the family business. Indeed, it is. Uh, I, my family, uh, my wife and I have uh, land in the Boot Hill in Seneth, in and around Seneth, where I grew up, uh, where we raise cotton and uh, we raise uh, peanuts, uh, believe it or not, uh, uh, is one of the crops because it's real sandy uh, there where I'm uh, from. Mm -hmm. uh, we raise corn and soybeans up in northeast Missouri. And my love of agriculture really stems truly back to my childhood. Uh, my grandfather and dad, you know, haul fuel every day to our farm customers. We became, you know, we certainly, we were neighbors. Uh, they were, they were our customers that we served. You know, many were close friends. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, when I, when I went off to college, agriculture just seemed like the, the natural fit. I got a degree uh, in what they called ag systems management and marketing. I felt like, uh, you know, I would be able to go in ag systems management was in the engineering program. Uh, it was a, uh, it was related to production agriculture and all the aspects of it. And it really enhanced my love for ag. 
And, uh, and as a result, when I got out of college, uh, I went to work for a basic at the time for Dow Ag. And uh, very shortly after that, began to have an interest uh, through my wife's family in, in truly production agriculture, physically myself. And uh, that kind of led us to buy a little farm ground and invest in some equipment. And that's kind of where it's led us over the last 30 plus years. Now, dare I ask what kind of cotton seed you're growing on that farm? Uh, well, the, uh, the, the farm uh, customers and friends that, uh, that I work with, they, uh, they grow a lot of Delta pine cotton seed, and, uh, and that makes me real proud because uh, that's one of, uh, one of Bayer's great, uh, great seed brands. Yeah, and, and you were instrumental in introducing some of those early cotton varieties, uh, GMO varieties, right? That is exactly right. In fact, that was actually my foray into uh, Monsanto at the time. Uh, I, uh, I was working for Dow and working on a special project on a, uh, on a, on a product called Spinosad. It was a, a real uh, safe uh, to the environment and beneficial insects uh, insecticide. Mm -hmm. And I uh, got to know Monsanto in this, this work uh, at the time, which seemed kind of foreign to me. I'd heard a little bit about it when I was in college about biotechnology and, and uh, having herbicide tolerance in the plant. And lo and behold, as a University of Missouri graduate, uh, uh, the Delta Center in Portageville was one of the places that they were testing uh, Roundup Ready Cotton. Mm -hmm. And so I, uh, I ended up with an interview with Monsanto, went to work for Monsanto in 1997, the launch year of Roundup Ready Cotton, and actually immediately became the, the U.S. brand manager for Roundup Ready Cotton and for Bolgard. I helped launch both in the United States, uh, spent uh, uh, about two and a half years working in that and then uh, moved on into uh, leading our U.S. business uh, uh, from a marketing and product management standpoint. Uh, so it was, a, it was a fantastic time because biotech was brand new, mm -hmm. uh, but yet, and a lot of people didn't know about it, it's amazing to look back on the last two decades and, and how it's helped transform agriculture. Now, technology's transformed agriculture, possibly even uh, has the potential to transform it as much as you know some of the new seed varieties you majored in ag tech before there was much of a discipline what what drove you to focus on that side of the business well it's a great question so i'm going to go back to uh when when my uh, parents were in the fuel business at an early stage i remember being in college and calling my dad and talking to him of course back then you go you know call on a landline and hope they're at the location you know you couldn't call them on cell phone or text mm -hmm. them and uh, I, uh, I i was telling him about how i had learned about how they were putting phone lines in they were literally hooking phone lines to gas pumps and they were uh allowing people to use card readers to uh you know to uh pay for their pay for their fuel this was uh this was the early days and then they were also doing the same thing where they were putting sensors on tanks for the levels mm. and then um you know and, and it just fascinated me and then as i got started in my career it wasn't long and they were doing testing on this thing called auto steer where they were using GPS satellites to, you know, basically uh, manage the equipment in the field. And of course, that's led to all types of things, uh, you know, operator efficiency and fatigue management of the operator, uh, logistics management of the equipment in the field and, and equipment on the roads. And it just, those early days were really interesting to me. And frankly, it's what, uh, it's what caused me to move from, from uh, Dow to uh, Monsanto at the time. Monsanto was investing in, in heavily in this thing called biotech, and they were using uh, basically in silica work where they were doing a lot of work in the computer, uh, beginning to look at, you know, biotech uh, in the field, and then that kind of led to uh, 
the genetic side where we were doing bioinformatics and we were doing uh, genomics work and just literally found myself in a place of where the technology was booming, you know, where technology was allowing the industry to boom, where, you know, you had biotech that was, that was going, you know, strong and it was creating tremendous farm gate value. And you had this thing going on with genetics where we were improving genetics dramatically in the way in which we were producing. Both of those things have really led me uh, down the path of, of now what, you know, what I've been in for almost a decade with, uh, with data science. Yeah. And when Monsanto bought Climate Corp, you were a global head of integrated farm, farming systems for Monsanto. So I imagine you had uh, a lot of input in this acquisition. I, I was. I was a part of the acquisition team, and, and it was a cool time. And I'll tell you what really led the company down this path. We, every year, we do tens of thousands of field trials uh, as Monsanto and now Bayer with our seed and our crop protection products. In, in the industry, you call them replicated trials and then side-by-sides. And, mm -hmm. and they're very different, but they're, but they're distinct in the sense of the information that it gives you about the performance of our products and how to best position them and, and help farmers you know, get the greatest and maximum value out of them. But what we were beginning to learn is that what is referred to as the observational data, the data that you would get off at the, throughout the season as you would make applications and then at the end as you would collect the yield and the quality, was really informative and began to help increase our capability to best predict what to use and how to manage it on the front end. Mm -hmm. And it really led us to recognizing that we needed to be much more in the center of data analytics than we were. And, um, and we were early pioneers in that way, and it gave, uh, gave me a chance as, uh, you know, as one of the leads, I was asked to, uh, to come in and help join uh, our science team and really endeavor into this project of learning as much as we could. And that over about a year and a half to two years led us to begin some acquisitions and really make this space uh, a center of focus for us as a, uh, as a corporation. Mm. So how's it going? You know, you came into that acquisition with a lot of assumptions. What's been the most valuable part of that acquisition for you? Well, I think, I think probably one of the most important parts for me has been the journey, is that there's just been so much to learn. And, and one of the blessings of it is I've been working for a company that is tremendously committed to this space uh, because it takes a real long view. Uh, this is very difficult. You you move from a place of where you're taking a tangible seed or crop protection product and you're going and applying it immediately getting gratification because you can see the seed come up or you can see the weed die or the disease being managed or the bugs being killed, whatever it may be. In the case of data science, we're taking information and we're running analytics on it and we're doing it with tremendous, you know, millions of data points, uh, in fact, uh, billions of data points, uh, you know, over the course of a year and you're doing tremendous heavy analytics on that. But then that's, that's occurring in the computer and you certainly can get close there, but then you have to go and apply it in the field. And there's a, there's a process, process called iteration where we're iterating, we're, we're basically going through and applying what we learn through data analytics, where we go in and we test uh, in true application. This is what we think is the very best seeding rate uh, for this particular hybrid in this field based on a tremendous amount, literally uh, millions of data points. But then you have the benefit of get, getting to the end and seeing that performance and taking the performance and the information from that data 
and improving upon where you started. So it's, and I liken it a lot to what you've seen in the music industry with like Spotify, where there's this thumbs up and thumbs down. You know, mm -hmm. Spotify is really good with you, David. If, uh, if you've got a hundred songs that you've given a thumbs up or a thumbs down, if you've given a thumbs up or thumbs down on 5,000 songs, they're like experts on what you like. Well, that's exactly what we're doing today in data science. We're doing that thumbs up or thumbs down in this iterative form, and it's making us much better at being able to predict what's best in a particular area of the field or how best to manage disease and what time to spray it, et cetera. So give us a snapshot of FieldView as it exists today. How many active customers do you have, and how much of that aggregated data is going into uh, the decision support tools at the field level? Yeah, it's a great question. So uh, globally, I, I, uh, I, I'm fortunate I get to go around and see uh, uh, a lot of different really great farm operations uh, utilizing field view. So let me say about three things. One is, as we think about climate, we think about climate as a data company. That's, that's, that's really the core of who we are. Field view is a technology that has both hardware and software that allows farmers to be able to unlock data that is streaming in the field through sensors, you know, uh, a tractor or a combine or a sprayer, just like your car or truck has got tons of sensors on it. Uh, for years, that data, that's, those sensors have been there and of course they've been adding to it every year. But in many cases, the farmers not really had readily available access to that data set of, that's being collected by those sensors. So FieldView allows for the gathering of that data off the onboard computer system and from those sensors and it makes it available in a visual form and it helps get it to the cloud. And what FieldView ultimately has allowed us to do is to be able to better understand the cause and effect in a field. When you apply something, what's happening? When you don't, when you do things differently, what, what's, what is yield going up or down? What's happening with quality, et cetera. The, the specific uh, other piece that you ask about is the data set FieldView is one data set. So as we think about data, we think about three key areas. We think about the proprietary data that we have from our replicated trials on our seed and crop protection and seed applied solutions products. We think about environmental data, data that, that has to do with the weather or the soil type or the fertility or the soil stratification. And then we think about observational data, which is the data in most cases that the farmer has where they have made an application uh, and or they've collected the yield. All three of those are critical to being able to really do great data analytics and give farmers information that will really help them make real-time decisions. And I think the last thing I'd like to point out that we can explore some more is real-time. Farming for basically ever since man and woman have been on the planet farming and, 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 uh, and you know, digging in the soil and planting things and reaping the, the, the benefit of it. We've looked in the rears. We get to the end and we say, gosh, you know, what caused this field or this particular plant to grow either better or worse than the rest? And what caused it to have more fruit on it and more, you know, and or higher quality? For the first time now, we can use data and be able to look at it real time, be able to make corrective decisions and or insightful decisions during the season that can really help us be better at predicting or if you will, really influencing yield and productivity at the end. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about that data. Obviously, there's been some backlash from the farming community about 
uh, how their data is being used, um, what that aggregate data looks like versus their personal data. Um, and, and we started this conversation, you and I, talking a little bit about climate's uh, platform on data, their, their corporate philosophy and how they use it, how they value it. Um, talk a little bit about the, the evolution of farmers' comfort level with the use of their data and other farmers' data and, and how you see that comfort level at the farm level today. Yeah, there's there's a lot to unpack there, David. Uh, let's let's start with what we talked about there. That climate is a data company. That's the way we see ourselves, as as an analytics, uh, you know, a data science company to really improve insight from the use of data. Number two is the we talked a second ago about the different uh, forms and streams of data, and the as it relates to farmer data. The first thing I want to say is that we're a global company and that our data privacy and data practice uh, governance is consistent around the world. We think about it the same whether we are in EMEA or we are, you know, in other words, Europe and Africa or we're in Latin America or, or North America. And that is that if a farmer is generating data from their equipment and, they're, and we're helping them, even though they're utilizing our hardware and software, it is absolutely their data. So the first thing is it's their data no matter where around the world we are. The second is that we're going to, uh, we're going to hold ourselves at a minimum to the standard within that country as it relates to data privacy, data sharing, et cetera. And I'd say in many, uh, and in fact probably in most cases, we are going to be even more conservative and more uh, focused on that than maybe the standards in the, in the particular municipality or country that we're in. From that, then, I think it gets into, you know, farmers, and I have been working, I've had the luxury of growing up in agriculture and, and have some of my best and closest friends are, are farm, uh, farm families and farmers, and uh, look, uh, I don't think farmers are any different than, than most really good business people. Farmers are running businesses, and they are really intuitive. They, they are very good at managing capital. And by the way, and especially these times, managing low margins. Mm -hmm. And my point is, they're going to they're gonna make decisions based on value. And so if um, you know, they are dealing with someone, and we certainly hold ourselves to this standard that has tremendous fiduciary responsibility with data, and that data can help inform better decision-making and drive yield and productivity on their farm, I have not found uh, very many, if any, farmers that aren't willing and aren't interested in having that type of relationship. What they want to know is, A, is it really, you know, are you really going to be true to the fact that it's my data? Can you really uh, deliver more value to me through this insights uh, that we talk about? And two is, how can I prove it to myself? And that's the beauty of field view is that if they're using FieldView, they can be their own arbiter. In other words, they can be their own judge and jury because it's geospatial data. So if we give them an insight, they can go back and measure right at the end and determine whether or not it had value. So that's the part I really like about it because um, I'm going to use an old show me state. I'm from the show me state. You know, you, you need to be able to prove to me that it's real. And, um, and I kind of use that philosophy uh, anywhere I go around the world. We need to be able to demonstrate that the information we're giving our customers really will uh, create new value for them or frankly, uh, they shouldn't use it. Mm -hmm. So shifting, shifting now a little bit toward the future, 
You know, you talked about the low margins we're facing, especially in the, the commodity crops. Um, we have uh, a global pandemic that's changing consumer behavior to a way that farmers might need to respond. Uh, we have uncertainty with trade deals that could shift global demand and export commodities. Um, do you feel that tech investment is going to change at all, given the dynamics that we're operating in? Well, it's a great question, and I can't speak for everyone, but I will tell you what I think I have seen. I've both observed and, and what I believe our position as a company is. First, uh, our position is that technology is even more valuable today than ever before, and here's why. Look, you and I and all of our uh, great friends that are farmer customers and or uh, you know acquaintances of ours, we can't control the weather. We can't control COVID. Where there's a lot of things we can do from a safety and from a from a uh, you know good health and judgment standpoint to uh, to try to navigate and manage our way through it. But ultimately, we can't control it. Can't control commodity prices. So there's a lot of things that are ultimately a bit out of our control and can be very straining. Mm -hmm. What we can do is we can uh, make the very best, most informed decisions about how to drive yield and productivity uh, and ultimately limit our risk. Data and data technology for the first time ever allows us to do that because we're more informed real time. We today can take satellite imagery and understand utilizing uh, image recognition technology where you can take a picture uh, through artificial you know, intelligence, we can train the computer to know what disease and or bug or weed that is. Mm. We can utilize satellite imagery to know how much of the field is infested. We can use artificial intelligence and machine learning to determine uh, at what stage that is at. And we can give that information back to the customer so that they and their trusted retail partner can make an application of a fungicide or an insecticide real time in the season within a window that really can effectuate yield and productivity. We haven't been able to do that before. That is a big deal. And so I am convinced what I see today and what I hear, by the way, I've got a lot of good friends that are in the retail business. They tell me that, uh, that uh, their farmer customers are doing a whole lot more at night where they're ordering uh, in, the, in the evenings or first thing in the morning. They're setting up uh, deliveries or they're setting up pickups. There's just more technology being used. We're seeing in our own, our own uh, stuff. Uh, you know, they're using remote view uh, as much or more than ever before. We are texting and FaceTiming more with our customers. So I can't tell you that every, you know, organization is going to do this, but I'm confident that we're going to continue to lean into it. And what I'm seeing is that farmers are because it's, it's value. It's value added. And is there future functionality? Uh, that you're looking at for field view that might be in response to some of the disruptions we're facing? Absolutely. And th there's a couple of things that I think, and I'll broaden it past field view. I'll speak to field view first. Uh, certainly on field view, being able to give farmers a lot more in reporting capability where they can run queries on particular seed types, uh, seed brands, they can look at seeding rates. They can look at application rates of, of, uh, of crop protection products. They can then analyze yield against those, uh, those applications. Those types of things are going to become much more readily available with time because it puts the customer more in a place of being able to make better decisions to drive you know, exactly what we've been talking about. The second is, 
I think just what you're, you and I are doing here today, you know, here we are on this Zoom call. We started out with our cameras on, you know, we're getting to know each other and, and having a dialogue here. We can share in a lot of different forums uh, with people in a lot of different places. Uh, and by the way, letting them access it at a lot of different times, depending upon what their circumstance and needs are. I think we're going to see that more in the case of, sh of really sharing and transferring knowledge. You know, if you think about today, the real estate world, they've moved a lot of viewing to virtual viewing where they've got go out you load an app. You can go see all the attributes of the particular piece of real estate. You can do virtual tours through it. You can run uh, simulations of what it's going to cost you, you know, to make the monthly payment or the taxes, et cetera. Look, I think we're going to have that for field days. I think farmers will be able to go in and, and uh, they'll be able to pull into a field. They will take their phone and uh, you know, their smart device, they'll be able to download an app. They'll be able to uh, do a self-guided tour through a field. They'll be able to listen to our experts, uh, you know, that have done the work in the field, uh, give testimonials and or share, you know, insights by plot. And, uh, and I know we're doing that today with FieldView. When our FieldView customers are calling in today, they call into our customer operations center. They can send live chats in. We can send them videos live through the system that they can open while they're in the field that gives them tutorials. We can get on with them live and, and FaceTime with them. It's these technologies, I, I always feel this is a personal thing, that something good can always be found in a difficult and tough situation. I personally think we're seeing that today. Do you know, as humans, we love socialization. Do I want to get back to where I can spend more time with my friends and, you know, doing the things that, that my family and I enjoy? Absolutely. With my coworkers? Absolutely. But I also think that we have learned a lot about how we use technology to bridge the gap between us and between access to information. Uh, that's, that's kind of my view of where we are today. I think those are great points. And, and obviously, uh, do you have any data yet on farmers' inclination to adopt more technology? You see more interest in farm management platforms in general or some of the other high-end technologies because they're looking uh, for advantages to help them in these times. Yeah, it's a great question. And, and what I can speak to is, is what's in front of me. So, I, you know, of course, I manage the field view business uh, around the globe. What I can tell you today is, you know, just like uh, just like all good businesses, we plan, we put plans in place about how we want to service and support our customers and help them. What we anticipate from a, you know, from an act, you know, from a use standpoint of uh, of our technology. And what I can tell you is that new customers coming onto our platform, as well as our current customer base, uh, two things are occurring. One is, uh, you know, we're, we're at or maybe even slightly above where we thought we would be this year, even in the event of COVID with new technology adoption on our platform, mm -hmm. as well as the use of our platform with our current customers around the world. Uh, there's high usage. And so I think it just is reinforcing that our customers are no different than what we've been discussing. They're really smart thoughtful business people. Mm -hmm. Margins are tighter on the farm. By the way, labor is harder to find today mm -hmm. than ever before, especially in this COVID situation that we're in. Mm -hmm. And the use of technology to bridge the gap for information and better decision making is this use of, of electronic and digital technology is a way to do that that's really measured. The farmer can look at it and determine, is it really valuing and benefiting me? 
And so that's exactly what I think we're seeing today. Now, I know most of climate's technology really lives behind the farm gate, but are the, is there potential to, to branch out and increase functionality that helps uh, perhaps mitigate supply chain disruption on the up end, on the, uh, the upstream value chain and with, the, with inputs? or perhaps even in the downstream value chain, talking about food security and traceability. Are, are those other functions and features, things you're looking at uh, either tying into with partnerships or inco incorporating with proprietary technology? Well, it's a great question. And the answer to that is we are using technology and data analytics tremendously in our business today. And so let me give you a few examples, both upstream and downstream. So if you think about it, you know, think about us as a global crop protection uh, uh, company where we're using a lot of raw materials, a lot of uh, ingredients uh, uh, to build these technologies, uh, these crop protection products. Um, the better information we have on demand and usage and volume and crop, uh, you know, uh, both acreage as well as, um, you know, how the crop is progressing in certain parts of the world, it gives us insight as ensuring that we can be a really reliable supplier uh, in that space. We're doing more today than ever before with data analytics and data uh, access uh, or access to data uh, than we ever have. And it's, it's because we have greater capability in this area. We have built systems that allow us to track and measure, that allow us to run analytics and thus, we believe that it's critical, especially when you think about the sensitivity of farming and the fact that, you know, that it's a very narrow window to plant. It's typically a very narrow window to spray at times when the weeds either a certain size or the bug infestation is there and you don't want to damage yield. The same with being able to get through and harvest at the end. Well, all of these pieces of information are a part of us being a good supplier on our seed and crop protection products. Another great example is the way in which we're using data analytics for uh, getting a prescription into the farmer's hand about what product would be best suited for a field and at what seeding rate, et cetera, and then being able to measure was that, was that advice you know, spot on as it relates to the end when they check yield against what they might have otherwise done. Well, today, um, you know, most of our seed is produced and we're certainly producing it based on really good, sound agronomic practices, uh, replicated trials, et cetera. But as data analytics gets better, we will be more informed to be able to predict what we should build and make that match with what is in the warehouse uh, that we work with our retail partners on and that is matched up with the scripts that we build that will get executed against that inventory. That process becomes very connected as you go through and you apply data and data science in this business world. That's the evolution uh, that we're in today. And I believe it's very real and it's gonna become much more robust as we go through the next coming years. As we start to wrap up here, um, obviously your focus in the US is, is important for the expansion of field view. Um, what foreign markets do you see the most promise with, and the most, uh, I guess, the farm, farming systems are most ready to adopt precision technology? You know, we often think about Ukraine, about Australia, and about Brazil. Uh, aside from the, the usual suspects that have giant farms, are there other markets that uh, you see 
the rapid adoption of technology uh, more so than other places. Yeah, I think there's a couple of parts here, David, that are really important. One is that the great news about data science, data analytics, and the use of this kind of technology is that it can be used ubiquitously across small and large farm operations. It can be used across row crops and many other types of, of cropping practices, including horticulture, tree nuts, and vines, etc. So the great news is first, it can be broadly used. Number two is that we have, we started off with a high focus on row crop agriculture because it's where we had our most, uh, you know, use of, of data analytics uh, from uh, the products that we build, seed and crop protection products for, you know, corn, soybeans, cotton, canola, wheat, etc. But I can tell you, I was just in Asia back, uh, it'll be basically a year in July. There are, as you know, there are several billion there's more than a billion farm, uh, farmers in India, more than a billion in China. Uh, when you look at all of Southeast Asia, you probably have somewhere in the three to four billion farm operations. They may be farming anywhere from, you know, a few hectares down to less than an acre. Most, many, many of those customers, many of those farmers have a phone and they can take a picture from that phone and they can access the internet and uh, because they can use, you know, uh, the cellular that's on there to connect to the, to the web. As a result, information can stream to those folks and give them better information about what to spray and when, what might be going on with the plant. Being able to eventually, being able to take bioassays or being able to, uh, being able to run, uh, you know, soil information and send it through the phone. That's kind of one bookend because smallholder farmers are very real outside of the world that you and I deal in, you know, where we live every day in North America. Uh, so that's a very real, you know, end of the spectrum that, uh, that certainly is highly important to us as a company. The second is that, hey, our base has started in the United States and uh, that's kind of, you know, that's where climate formed to begin with. It was a startup. Uh, we are still very much an early phase company, but the great news is we're partnered with Bayer, uh, who's been in the uh, business for more than 150 years. We, we're uh, a, a very large uh, research, research-oriented and science-oriented ag company. So the good news is we're focused on both ends, both row crop farm operations in North and South America and in Europe and in Africa, as well as small herders. And being able to have that type of, of technology that can span allows us to be really uh, able to focus on customer needs as well as to be able to spread our research and development dollars in a way that can, can uh, support many, if you will. So that's kind of the way we think about uh, that, that, uh, that spectrum. Yeah, that's a great, uh, I think a great ending note uh, on, on a positive about the future potential of ag technology and and a little trip around the world. John, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us about FuelView and, and your thoughts about uh, where technology is going. Thank you, David. I really appreciate the time today and uh, certainly wish uh, our customers the very best as they go through uh, the 2020 season. You can read John's guest column at precisionag.com. I'm David Ferbata with Precision Ag. Thanks for joining us. You can hear more on this topic and more on the future of farming at precisionag.com or join the discussion at our Vision Conference. See our full agenda and speaker lineup at thevisionconference.com 
On behalf of the entire Precision Ag Global team, thanks for listening to our Visionary Series.